Welcome back to Minadops Let's Talk, a podcast that brings you valuable resources for prospective and current adoptive and foster families, as well as professionals. Today, we bring you part three of conversations with the HELP program, Strengthening Kinship Families. Program manager, Heather Van Brunt, and HELP specialist, Danielle Lewis. Join us. Take a listen. Hello, Danielle. Hi. I am so glad for you to join us. So valued help specialist on our team over here at the HELP program. Thanks for coming on today. You're welcome. (laughs) This is a new podcast series that we'll get started with here. It was developed by the HELP program in which we will be deconstructing case examples from real life themes and scenarios. These case examples represent themes that we see with families and are not direct cases as we uphold client confidentiality in all that we do. The situation for this episode presents the themes that we see in some kinship families. These themes are not representative of all families or a specific family, but have been identified as common presenting concerns and reasons why families call. The purpose of these conversations is to demonstrate what families may bring to us and how we can help. So as we get started here, Danielle, tell us a little bit about this family. Sure. This couple's in their mid-40s and caring for their niece, who is 17 years old. They contacted the HELP program because of concerns about her behaviors, both at home and at school. Their arrangement with their niece is informal. She has signed a designation of parental authority in order to make school and medical decisions, but they don't have any legal relationship beyond that, which can add layers of challenges for some families. Right. And they've signed those other kinds of uh, legal papers um, and haven't had uh, court oversight for the placement. Um, They might have uh, fewer supports through the state or county or none at all because um, there was no formal um, agreement. Um, They wouldn't be receiving any subsidies from the state to assist with care and um, nor have a worker that's assigned to their family to help um, when the placement came together, uh, for this family, but not uncommon, um, for lots of kinship families and, and also can be challenging at times, uh, for them. Uh, can you give us more of a picture about this family's background? Sure. The mother's sister, she struggled with her own mental health, some homelessness and alcoholism, and she recognized in her own need, she needed help. She sent for her oldest daughter to live with her sister. The other children went to their grandparents who felt they could manage two out of the three kids. The other siblings are now 13 and 14 and they live in a different state. The child we'll talk about today moved in with her aunt and uncle at the age of 14. And the family stated that her needs have heightened in the last couple of years. The couple also have two biological children, ages 13 and 11. All the children get along really well, and the parents did not report any major issues between the niece and the cousins. They fight just like siblings, one of the parents said. They've known each other their whole lives. Despite the closeness of the family, parents still report challenges with academic truancies and worries about graduation, defiance from their niece, and some concerns about internet safety and sporadic other risky behaviors. Yeah, adolescence can be a tumultuous time for any child, let alone in a situation like this. Um, did you feel the family was well-equipped to understand their niece's unique needs? What thoughts came to mind? And did you have certain areas areas you wanted to explore with them? 
Yeah, first and foremost, I want to explore the effects of alcohol on this young person, given the history that the family shared with me for their biological mother, it seemed possible that this young person might have some brain differences caused by alcohol when she was in utero. This is critical information for caregivers and professionals to know, have assessed and get tools as they work with this young person. I also wondered how their niece was feeling as she gets closer to her 18th birthday. Is she thinking about what will happen, whether or not she'll have a family or a place to call home? Is she thinking about going to live with her birth mother? The thoughts might be adding complexity to her identity development as she thinks about who she is and who she's going to be in the future. My mind also went to what supports and resources she had in the school settings to help her be successful. Does she have an IEP, a 504 plan? Is she in school setting where people understand the impact of her history on her development and capability to learn both academically and socially? Wow, yeah, those are really good lines of inquiry and um, that come at a situation like this from so many angles and, and are all layers that could be at play and need support. Um, so you would put all those things in the back of your mind of wanting to explore when you're, you know, connecting with this family, but after talking with them, what other services did you learn that they have? They didn't really have any other services. They say that the school is okay and that their niece gets by. The truancy piece is new since she's been getting in with a different crowd of friends and the parents subset think that she may have some marijuana use. They worry about her self-esteem related to social interactions and dating, and they also worry about her catching up academically. They feel like the school is complacent and not concerned enough about her performance. They're hoping the school resources get off the ground and soon, or other interventions help with her educational needs and wonder who might be able to assist. Additionally, the aunt and uncle have thought about a therapist for their niece and know that there might be a school social worker or counselor she could work with or someone outside the school, but don't know where to begin. They also stated that she's recently had more contact with her birth mother, birth mother over Facebook, and they are struggling to navigate that because they have a distant and sometimes strained relationship. Aside from those pieces of medical care, they don't have any other services for their niece. Mm, right. Also common and clearly is showing a need for more resource and service connection. What questions did you end up having for these parents and what factors did you have um, as you were assessing the situation? Um, they feel they are not in crisis, but are struggling significantly and want to help their niece. They love her and want to make the best for her, and they feel like she is spiraling. I wonder how much of this young person's story has been talked about and processed. I wonder about how she has been able to stay connected with her siblings that are with her grandma and grandpa out of state. I also wondered about how their aunt and uncle, or how this aunt and uncle perceived and understand her needs as a child and that has a different trauma background that is different from their biological kids. I also think it's critical to have her evaluated for FASD or other learning disabilities to understand how her brain works and what her vulnerabilities and strengths are. Yeah, the possible chemical exposure is a huge factor for parents, educators, other professionals uh, to consider um, that sometimes gets missed in this whole process of um, all the other layers, you know, at mix. So um, that was a good one to have um, in, in the back of your mind and to be um, 
pulling into um, you know, the, the different layers to be uh, supported here. So what do you see as next steps for uh, this family and what resources did you end up offering? I encourage the family to connect with the school team about assessing their niece's academic needs. I also suggested an adoption competent therapist to work with this young person and possibly also contribute to the conversations with school. I encourage the family to explore getting a neurological assessment through the University of Minnesota and connecting with Minnesota Proof Alliance for resources and guidance around FASD and the other substance exposures. I also suggested a therapist for the family to ease some of the stress and concern about parenting and provide an outlet to them for their own needs and worries, as well as guidance on navigating the challenges of relative caregiving and navigation with extended family and the birth mother and father of this niece. Furthermore, I suggested getting in contact of team-focused programs for their niece, like programs to support youth. If safety issues are significant depression, other mental health issues rise, they could reach out to the county to explore children's mental health case management. That may open doors to other services for their family that might be needed as such as in-home family therapy and other support she may qualify for through the age of 21 if she is consented. I would also connect them with PACER for educational support as they navigate her needs in her final year of high school. PACER would also be able to help with any post-secondary considerations too. That all sounds really positive and comprehensive to better support uh, the whole family as a whole. Um, what do you think is next for this family or what do you hope they'll come away with from their interaction with you and the HELP program that might really help stabilize their family? Despite the challenges, this family is relatively stable at this time. They have a lot of additional options to explore that could help with the immediate and longer term needs of this youth and their family. We have a lot of resources on internet so safety, supports for families that have children that have been exposed to substances, information on complex trauma, navigating complex extended birth family relationships and more. The FAC parenting tool is great and, in, and other educational videos and articles can really help increase parental knowledge and understanding as well. I hope the family engages in these resources. We can help them prioritize all that is available to them and organize how to make the connections since they are feeling so overwhelmed. Right. So after you're talking with a family, what will your role look like? Do you follow up with them? How do they get the information that you just detailed for us? I would recommend the resources that I just mentioned in the family's resource guide that I email to them and check in with them in a week or so to see how they're doing and if they need anything else. If the family wanted, I could get a release of information to speak with the school social worker about this child's need needs and how we are supporting them and collaborate and coordinate on the school's effort. I do remain available as a resource that they can connect to again in the future as needed. Thanks so much, Danielle, for sharing this complex situation with us. I, I hope that it gives listeners a sense of some of the experiences uh, kinship families might be going through when they reach out to our program for help. We hope that, yeah, and we hope that our audience enjoyed this episode of Conversations with the Help Team. Continue on to the next episode for another in-depth family scenario. Thanks.